Hello, my Rebels. Today, I take you through some of the details of Manitoba's new vaccine passport. In fact, I went online and sort of started to fill out a form. I, I lacked a Manitoba health card, so I couldn't go past a certain point. But I learned some crazy things about their Vax passport. The craziest thing, of course, is that it's here. I'll take you through it and, and tell you what I think is next. That's all I had. Before I get there, let me invite you to become a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. That's what we call the video version of this podcast. It's eight bucks a month, 80 bucks for the whole year if you pay in advance. That's about half the price of Netflix. And you get the other side of the story, which you're just not going to find in the media party. Plus, you keep us independent. We don't take any of that government money. Please go to rebelnews.com and click subscribe. Thanks. Here's today's podcast. Tonight, Manitoba announces a vaccine passport. If you don't take an experimental drug, you won't have civil rights there. It's June 8th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. Manitoba is a smaller province, so maybe we don't talk about it enough, but it truly has one of the most abusive, authoritarian premiers in the whole country in terms of the lockdown. Remember how awful he is, Brian Pouster? Smearing, defaming businesses in public that didn't comply fast enough or hard enough with his whimsical lockdown rules. If you break the public health rules, there's a good chance you might get your name mentioned on TV. Pouster literally boasted that he was the most abusive lockdowner in the whole country. We're on this and we've been on it for some weeks. The right. reality though is that, yeah. uh, you know, we have to reduce the number of contacts and that's why uh, these very stringent restrictions, the most stringent in Canada, have been invoked for a long time. You, you Absolutely stupid rules too, like taping off the wrong section of a store because science. That is why today we are here to discuss new and stricter measures, including limiting residential gatherings to your household only, with exceptions for essential services, limiting retail operations with new capacity limits, and ensuring that only essential items are purchased in person. I can tell you the Manitoba cases in our Fight the Fines project are the ones being prosecuted the most abusively in all of Canada. What did Manitobans ever do to deserve this? Well, take a look at this. These are the stats of COVID cases by province. This is Ottawa's chart, because Manitoba's chart doesn't show you charts that are actually meaningful. They don't show you statistics like hospitalization rates over time or death rates over time. There's a reason they don't show you that. Instead, they just talk about cases and this is the federal chart, which is only slightly better. If you scroll over Manitoba and select for the count of deaths in the last 14 days as a chart, you can see the numbers have plummeted since flu season over Christmas, down almost 90%. Nothing to do with the vaccines. Those numbers plunged before the vaccines were offered in the last month or two. So what's the reason 
to panic and to get cruel and demand that people take experimental drugs that haven't even been fully tested yet. Why? Why is that the measure that Manitoba uses? They'll talk about cases, not hospitalizations or deaths, and they'll demand a certain number of people taking this experimental drug. Why, when the province is so much healthier now than it was a few months ago, now that things are normalizing, now that we know that the disease targets the old and the sick and not the young and the healthy, why are we pushing the experimental meds on even children now? How is that the measure for what we should do or not? Isn't health the measure, not juicing sales for big pharma? But now look at this. Look at this press release. Manitoba launches new secure immunization cards for fully vaccinated people. New approach recognizes importance of immunization to protect people, safely resume activities. Palliser. But, but no, the, the death rate plummeted before the vaccines. People can safely resume activities. Look at Texas or Florida for proof of that. I'll read some more. Fully immunized Manitobans will now be able to travel without having to self-isolate for two weeks upon return with a new secure immunization card that will be available to people two weeks after they have received both doses of a COVID-19 vaccine, Premier Brian Pallister announced today. So your civil rights, your charter rights, they don't depend on whether you're a citizen or even if you're a healthy citizen. They don't depend on whether you, for example, may be naturally immune to the disease because you got the disease and recovered from it. And your civil rights no longer have to respect your conscientious views. You simply have to take the experimental meds if you want to be free, even if you're healthy. Oh, and you have to show everyone who asked you to prove it. Many Manitobans have rolled up their sleeves over the past few months and done their part in protecting our province, and I want to commend them for doing so, said Pallister. Manitobans have told us that getting back to the things they love and miss is one of the biggest incentives to getting vaccinated. As a government, we're doing everything we can to bolster vaccine availability and accessibility and equipping Manitobans with the information and support they need to make the right decision to protect themselves, their loved ones, and the community. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Who gets to make the decision? Because this doesn't let people make the decision. This is the government punishing and rewarding people. The government's making the decision. The government is choosing to deny people their civil rights if they make the wrong decision. Brian Pelser's made the decision for them. He's giving and taking away their freedom based on his decision, not their decision. The digital and physical cards contain no personal health information or data. Rather, the cards only show the person's first and last names and a QR code. When scanned, the QR code will show the person is fully vaccinated. Well, hang on. So, so do they have that information or not? Even in the press release, they're lying. So anyone can scan the card and see your intimate private health details. Did you have an injection or not? Why are they saying there's no information in the card if there is? So if you got the virus and you recovered and are naturally immune, that's irrelevant to whether or not your QR code comes up, right? Take the drug. Even if you don't believe in it, take the drug. If you're young and healthy and think the risk of the drug is higher than the risk of the virus, take the drug. Or, hey, it's your decision. You just won't be able to go places, see people, leave your house from quarantine. Pretty soon you won't even be able to work. How long until you won't have the right to rent an apartment? Because your landlord will say, oh, he's not vaccinated. I can see that coming. Or your right to work in a place or to even go out on the street. I mean, I went on the Manitoba government website and I, I filled out uh, the, the form. 
I started to. I, I don't have a Manitoba health number, so I couldn't get past a certain point. But I got to the frequently asked questions part of the form. And it says this. What happens if I don't consent to giving my information to a third party? Can I still get my immunization card? And their answer, if you do not wish to provide your consent to giving your information to a third party, you will not be able to receive an immunization card. <laughs> what? That was rather hidden in the fine print, wasn't it? Who do they mean, third party? Is, is the third party some tech company, some computer company? Is the data stored in, in China? Like much data is? Is it the spyware malware company that's making those cars? Or, or just anyone on the street who demands it from you? Who is this third party that you have to give your health information to? They don't say, do they? I mean, look, if you had police enforcing masks, why wouldn't you have police enforcing vax in order even to be on the street? You're not wearing a mask in the street. You're not social distancing in the street. Cops are there. Why wouldn't the cops start enforcing this the same way? This is outrageous. This is clearly illegal. It's unconstitutional. But it is absolutely, utterly, completely supported by the entire establishment. The government, of course. The opposition, of course. The lawyers... The law schools, the courts, the civil liberties groups, the media, utterly. Everyone in the establishment loves this. Everyone except for people, I think. This weed is starting to grow in Manitoba. I'm surprised. But it will spread, mark my words, to other provinces and federally within weeks, maybe within days. Who's going to stop this? I don't know. I've written to our top constitutional lawyers and asked them to put together a plan if they can. I'll let you know what they tell me when they write back. But this is not good, my friends. Stay with us for more. Welcome back. Well, my eyes keep turning to Miami and, of course, to Florida in general and across the United States after state after state is saying we're done with the pandemic lockdown, we're done with artificially holding back not just business, but life in general. And I look with some jealousy because I happen to be headquartered in the most locked down city in the world. That's according to the BBC. Toronto is one of the most expensive cities in Canada. And some would say, well, that's justified because it's such a great city. There's wonderful things to do. There's wonderful neighborhoods and restaurants and the best schools and the best shops. Well, no, there hasn't been, not for more than a year. All of those things are shut down. Here's a chart that shows one of the most important things, which is can children go to school? And as you can see, the place that has had the worst children's lockdown has been Ontario, and I can tell you there is nothing worse than depriving a young child, especially a child of teenage years, I would put it to you, of social interaction, of forcing them to learn by Zoom. No such thing. And will it ever change? Now, our relief from these lockdowns is not being tied to actual sickness or hospitalizations or let alone the death rate, which has plunged since flu season but it's being linked to an artificial number, namely how many people are taking the vaccines, which is not a measurement of public health, because as I say before, the deaths and the hospitalizations are plummeting. Now it's, will you take an experimental medication not yet approved by regulators 
but authorized only for emergency use. It's almost as if that's the point of it. That's my point of view, but joining me now is someone who I love to talk about, about complex matters that touch on both the law and politics. You probably know who I'm talking about. It's our friend Manny Montenegrino. He's the CEO of Think Sharp, and he joins us now via Skype from our nation's capital. Manny, it's so great to see you again. It's been too long. I know you've been cogitating on the lockdown. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Well, nice to be with you, Ezra. Um, I cannot believe that I'm going to be sitting here saying a lot of negative things about a conservative leader in Canada. Now, I take it you're referring to Doug Ford, the Premier of Ontario. That's what's so unusual to me, Manny, is in the United States, Republicans, or at least some, like the governors of Florida and Texas and South Dakota, have taken a real anti-lockdown position, and it's been mainly Democrats who are taking the pro-lockdown position. In Canada, there really isn't any difference between the, the two main parties, is there? No, that's right. I mean, here we have in Canada, if you look at even the chart that you presented or look at all the facts, the most, I'll say, party that adhered to conservative values was the BC party in uh, the, sorry, the NDP party in British Columbia. I mean, if you look at Ontario, uh, Doug Ford, I mean, I can't believe I am so offended. He's offended every conservative value that I have fought for for 40 years. And I'll just speak on one topic along, which is schools. Uh, you'll recall that in October, November, even as far as December, uh, Doug Ford, Premier Ford, was telling everyone in Ontario that the schools were the safest place for children. He was very emphatic about that. And there are many clips, I sent you a clip, there are many clips and many uh, times that he messaged that to Ontario. And now what has happened be since December of 2020 to now where we're the only jurisdiction that our kids aren't going to school? What has happened since that time? Well, three things have happened. Number one, a very comprehensive study done published in the New England Journal of Medicine, one of the prestigious universities, uh, uh, journals. And what they did is they studied Sweden, where they have two million children who were in school and did not miss a day of school in phase one, phase two, phase three. They went through school every day uninterrupted. Sweden had a no mandatory uh, mask policy and was slightly soft on their approach. They studied the two million kids and found that not one difference in having the children in school versus lockdown. They found that the children were very safe in school. So it actually supported what Doug Ford was messaging for about two months. You also had the CDC do a study saying there was no uh, added transmission to schools, to community, and it was a safe place. And the third thing that we had now that we didn't have in November was vaccines. And now we have approximately 70% of the population in Ontario, at least with the first dose. When you look at what Ford has done, you look at, you're saying, well, wait a minute. His position was schools were the safest place. And that's what conservatives want. Conservatives want their kids in school. They want the kids not to be abused, not to be um, um, manipulated by uh, governmental authorities. And since that time, he made that proclamation or that statement and assured the public that schools were safe for children, which they are, 
uh, the, we've had nothing but greater signs to show that schools are extremely safe. And what does he do? He's the only one that shuts down schools. Hmm. And we even have medical, the, the, the children's, uh, the Toronto children, the CHEO, all the many doctors saying that children's mental health are at risk, but yet he continues to defy the science. He has, he has uh, listen, he has performed, in my opinion, the worst of any leader and certainly the worst of what you'd expect of a conservative leader. Yeah, I find it very frustrating. Again, in the United States, you have 50 different states with 50 different approaches from very restrictive to very free. Although I have to say, even the most restrictive states in the U.S. are freer than Canada's provinces. Now, in the U.S., people can up and move. There's a lot of people leaving the lockdown states, moving to Texas and Florida. And in California, they have recall legislation. They're recalling Gavin Newsom in part because of his handling of the lockdown. In Canada, I feel like citizens don't have those choices. You really can't move because right. one province is as bad as the other. You do point out that BC, weirdly, isn't as locked down as the other places, even though it's got a new Democrat premier. But you don't have the, the same diversity of approaches. You don't have the same citizen tools. Like there is no meaningful recall in any province, including the two that have something on the books, Alberta and BC. You can't really recall anyone. I just but, feel, yeah, Ezra, go ahead. Yeah, Ezra, what's most offensive is how he's ignoring all the signs. You've, you've pointed to jurisdictions like Texas, who as early as February went back to no, lock, no mask man completely open. Florida, back in September, we've had Sweden run through its all its time. And, and, and to ignore all the compelling science, plus prestigious studies, especially saying that um, there is no additional harm to children, but there's extreme harm to the mental health. It just, it doesn't baffle, it baffles me. Uh, Ezra, what happened on April 15th? We had, you saw that, I thought it was very peculiar, but there was a media push that Ontario could see 18,000 cases per day. This was published on on uh, April 15th, 18,000 cases per day. Well, I looked at that. On April 15th, the cases were starting to drop and it started to drop as early as April 11th. And that is even in the Ontario website. But on April 15th, this, this media leak of, of a possible model showing 18,000. And we've known that the models have been wrong every time they've used them. They've been dead wrong ever since the beginning of Fauci saying that there would be about six million Americans killed and 600,000 Canadians killed. They've been wrong from the beginning. Yet Ford could very quick on the model that known to be proven right, known to be going in the wrong direction of the actual data and stripped people of their fundamental liberties and now we're 60 days past that point. We've seen a, a precipitous fall in cases and everything for 60 days. And he ignores the actual science in favor of the modeling science to strip away liberties. Ezra, you and I know we're lawyers. We don't, we know that courts are very reluctant to strip, strip away freedoms. This is a society that we live in. And, 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 and the laws that we know, and you know, the parlance is um, 
best to have a hundred guilty men go free than one innocent man taking away his freedoms. Well, that's something that's in, that's that's in our constitution. That's something within the DNA of every Canadian. Freedoms are very important. But this government, the Ford government, seems to take away freedoms very quickly and very reluctant to return the freedoms. Yeah. Ontario reported today 38, 38 cases per million. Hmm. Ottawa has only 15 cases. And the, the clients that I used to act for cannot stay open. They're, 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 they can't do business. Over 15 cases. There should be a rush to return to hmm. freedom, particularly when we know that vaccination is much more than it was. Well, obviously, there was no vaccination this time last year. 70 percent of the population is vaccinated. The virus went away in the summer as it does this summer. That's a sign of every virus. And cases, in fact, have been down over the last 60 days. So there should be an immediate return because there's no risk, yeah. none, no risk to anybody in returning back to being open. Here's my worry. I mean, I, as the weather gets nicer and as it stays sunny out longer, people just naturally want to go outside, especially young people and lower income people who don't have a nice big patio, a nice big backyard. One of the, the frustrating things is that the lockdown class, they might have a cottage in the country, they might have a backyard, but a lot of the people who are locked down, the waiters and the waitresses and the retail uh, workers, they had nowhere to go or do. Um, so it, it, it's so lovely out. People are just saying, I'm going to the beach anyhow. I don't care. I'm going outside anyhow. I think it would probably be ungovernable for the Doug Fords and the Francois Legos to crack down. I mean, they actually had curfews until about a week ago in Quebec. But here's my worry. I think that the government is going to let people out on the summer because they just couldn't keep them bottled up. But as fall comes around and it turns cooler and we go back to what's traditionally called flu season, I'm afraid that we're yeah. going to have about two months of relative freedom and then boom, they're going to come, oh my God, it's a new variant. Oh my God, it's a new season. And they're going to shut things down again right. because we haven't pulled this weed out by the root. I'm worried we're going to have like a two month reprieve and then they're going to flatten us again in the fall. Well, I, Go ahead. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Listen, you have all the right to be worried. All you have to do is look at the behavior of this premier. The premier, in my view, is acting more of a coward than a leader. Every decision that he has to make, he takes the easiest decision out, and that is at the, at the peril of the citizens. And here's who's, you know, we talk about conservative and liberal and right and left, but more so I tend to look at elitists and non-elitists. And I judge people by their elitism. And some, uh, and I look at this this decision here, uh, Ezra. Uh, you know, I came to we came to the immigrated to the country with nothing. Uh, we spent uh, we had two families living in 800 square feet semi-detached when we came to Canada. I there are many families like that in Ontario, and they are now four, two. I mean, I just can't imagine my mother and father who had two or three jobs and certainly no ability to buy uh, computers and put my, the kids and stay at home with kids while they are doing online learning. My parents went to work and we were just sat there. And this is what's happening. It's the poor that are being hurt. You know, Doug Ford does not understand. He's worried about, oh, well, we'll get you to the camps. I never went to a camp, Ezra. I went to school and then I went to work in the summer. 
I never went to a camp. He's thinking of camps. You know, elitist people think of camps. The poor in Ontario don't have the ability. They go to work. They go to work and the kids sit there and not are learning. Schools are essential. Essential for the poor, essential for the people that are compelled to go to work, and essential for the kids to learn. And we have robbed unnecessarily because the science has proven, the Swedish study has proven, we've unnecessarily battered the poor because we, the elite, think we know what's best for them. We are hurting them, and it just disturbs me to no end. And I assure you, um, I will I will be doing what I can to make sure that Doug Ford is certainly not the leader of this party. Hmm. You know, there was a tweet the other day by the NHL celebrating the fact that the federal government was exempting them from the 14-day quarantine that everyone else has to take when they go back and forth between the Canada and the United States. Now, by the way, I don't think that that quarantine ought to be necessary if someone just took a COVID test. You have to take a test before you get on the plane, take a test when you land. I mean, fine, if you take a test and you don't have it, why are you still quarantining for 14 days, especially in a, in a government quarantine hotel? I don't think we need that, especially if we're testing people. But the NHL was specifically exempted, those millionaire players, their yeah. entourage and their billionaire owners. And here's my point. The quarantine is supposedly to protect the rest of us from the travelers. So it's not even that the government doesn't care about NHL players. It's that they say that NHL players are not a threat to the rest of us. But if that's a fact for them, why isn't it a fact for others? What, what gets me about these special exemptions, Manny, is not that some people want the exemptions. I want everyone to have an exemption from these crazy rules. It's, it's so transparently for political friends, yeah. for business friends, for lobbyist friends, and the rest of us know your place. Stay at home and watch NHL on TV. And, and by the way, pay for that luxury from the teams that themselves are getting exempted. I just, I, I think everyone's yeah. admitting this is yeah. just political. No, exactly. I mean, Ezra, here's another point that I think their viewers should remember. Um, businesses, people need certainty. So the health experts under uh, every jurisdiction, but particularly I'm going to focus on Ontario, created a color code system and rolled it out, I think, in September or early October to give people certainty. If your region gets to a certain point, you go to yellow, you go to green, you go back and so on. So that at least it provides a certain certainty for businesses, for families, for schools. That was scrapped. It was used for probably 20 days or a month. When you scrap something that is to be giving fairness and a clear understanding, it is just trampling on rights. I mean, everything, and, and especially when you look around the world, I mean, I don't know, I, I, I mean, I'm, I scratch my head how dense are people when they know that Sweden went through a different protocol. Sweden trusted its citizens, it educated, it had a light touch, and it's, Sweden is 11.5 million people. Quebec is about 9 million people. And if you do a comparison between Quebec and Sweden, you'll see identical numbers, and Quebec had extreme uh, harsh lockdowns. I don't know why people are not looking at, the, at, at what's happening around the world and saying, hey, maybe, this is not necessary, particularly when you look at, you know, a dozen or so in the United States. I mean, the worst state in America for deaths is New York, and they were the most severe. So I don't know why we are 
punishing the poor, punishing kids. I mean, there are a lot of people doing well. I mean, if you've got a big cottage and you've got a big house and a yard, you know, it doesn't affect you and you're working from home. But there's a lot of, uh, you know, people in Ontario who are struggling, working parents who can't, who don't even have a voice. And, you know, Ezra, I've been a lawyer and I've been in politics for a long time. And I was, I thought I was the a voice or help the voice of the poor and i'm seeing this party completely ignore the poor and it just offends me to the core and 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 and, and by the way i mean it's just it's just offensive to see i mean i don't know what the parents are doing when you got to work at a meat packing plant the dad and the mom's working cleaning some place at a hospital and the kids are at home how they're dealing yeah. with their day it just it just breaks my heart and, and you know and ford plays that you know common man hey that boy uh, got a, a lot of money from daddy he's living a good life he ain't the guy that uh, should be talking about the hard-working canadian he has yeah. no concept of conservative values conservative values ezra you know what they are number one the Constitution, freedom, individual rights, uh, families, the poor, churches, uh, uh, liberties, uh, every conservative value I fought for for 30 years, this clown has attacked and violated and it offends me to the core. Well, there you have it. Manny Montenegrino, <laughs> the CEO of Think Sharp, former managing partner of a national law firm, a guy who thinks about politics and the law all the time. Manny, it's great to catch up with you. I guess Thanks, I would just Andrew. leave with the one thought. You can't beat someone with no one. And as I look across the political landscape, there are precious right. few people who would oppose Doug Ford or any of the other lockdown premiers. And I think that that's, we have to look at what's wrong with our political system. As I mentioned, the United States at least has yeah. some Variety. It's great to catch up with you, my friend. Let's not Thank let you. so much time pass till the next conversation. Great. Thank so, you very much, Ezra. Right on there. You have it. Manny Montenegrino. Stay with us. More ahead. Hey, welcome back on my show last night. Cab rights. Supreme Court? I think the correct term is star chamber. Yeah, listen, when I called it Facebook Supreme Court, I was joking. It doesn't have any of the checks and balances and the transparency of the Supreme Court, but it has more power than them, don't they? The Supreme Court of the United States could never ban someone from saying something on Twitter or Facebook, but the Supreme Court of Facebook just did. Okanagan writes, they blocked President Trump because upcoming elections in the USA. Apparently, the communists don't like to hear the truth from conservatives. Oh, yeah, I mean, listen, they still regard Trump as a force, even if he himself doesn't run again, he can endorse people. He can rev people up. He's a great communicator, and the left knows it. Icus writes, the same people that cheer this on actually think they're fighting fascism. Yeah, uh, I think in so many ways, the fascists of today think they're do-gooders. Maybe the fascists of yesteryears did also. I think they were a little more self-aware, though. Well, that's our stories for today, our show for tonight. Until next time. On behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night, and keep fighting for freedom.